1: Welcome to the 81st episode of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to all things elite. My name is Austin Summons, and I am your lovely host for this lovely show. And joining with me, as always, is my good buddy Floyd Johnson Jr. Floyd, how you doing today, man?
0: I am doing great. I had a long stretch of work, and I was exhausted. And I had yesterday off and today off, and I have Monday off. So I am kind of resetting, and that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's been kind of the way with me, too, because recently I've just had a long week of just kind of like getting back into a normal sleep schedule, getting back into just like finding out like – what to do during the day, just really just kind of finding time to do things that are productive. And then at the same time, finding time so I can relax. So I think it's been a big reset week. It's also because it's now freezing in Michigan because of course it is now. So I have to adjust to that again. So yay. (laughs) But other than that, not much else going on though. Were you muted?
0: Yeah. I say, is it Uh, that cold already?
1: Oh yeah. It's, it's, well, it's, it's, fucking every year every year dude it just we there'll be one day like in the middle of like october where you're walking out you got shorts on little like t-shirt and stuff you're you're you'll you'll be decent maybe you get a little bit of breeze but nothing too bad and then within like a day or two grab your parkas because then the wind smacks you in the face and then all of a sudden like you just just can't go outside just can't go outside so that's just it's just how it always is which is why like I always tell people, if you want to visit Michigan for the fall, which I get, uh, come in September and then leave before October even starts.
0: Man, uh, yeah, I would run away from that. All right. Oh, yeah, are, once, the, once and, the snow
1: happens, we're screwed.
0: And y'all are running away from that.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. So next week, I was going to bring this up before the show. I was too busy talking about LeBron versus Michael Jordan. Yeah. You're going to be out of town. I am
1: yes, I, I I am running away from the cold, and uh, I'm gonna be traveling
0: to Myrtle Beach for a week. Did you want me to do a guest host next week? I was gonna ask you that.
1: Um, I don't remember what day we're leaving. I'll be I'll probably be able to tell you that after this recording, and I'll let you know what day I'm leaving. But oh, okay. I'll because I'll probably. You
0: might need to find somebody to take over for that week. But uh,
1: I, if I can make it, I will make
0: it. But there's no problem with that. I want you to enjoy your vacation without having to worry about uh, chatting with me for an hour about AEW wrestling. Uh, yeah, because it sounds fun. Uh, I hope it's not cold. That's the big thing. I know Myrtle I think Beach. will be okay, yeah. Myrtle Beach is one of those. I, I had some friends from South Carolina, and they told me it's one of those hit or miss. Like, yeah. It could be perfect or it could be cold, so it's just like, I hope yeah. it's perfect for you. We've
1: been twice before, and both times have been pretty dang good, um, and I'm hoping third times will also be the charm, because I haven't had any issues with it before. Um, I think we're going to try to go to, because they got a hard rock down there, and I've we read up in that they're going to be showing the the UFC fight on a giant screen, so I'm just like, yes, I will be there for that.
0: If you could do your friend a small favor, Floyd, a small favor. Go ahead. Ed, Ed, uh, that fr- uh, as soon as you see a Clemson flag or a jersey or anything of sorts, just stick up your middle finger towards it. <laughs> and I'm good because I hate Clemson from the depths of my soul.
1: Bro, but Trevor Lawrence, though. I hate
0: him. I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. Did I you hate, see the story I, uh, uh, Yeah, I hate his, I hate his good-looking uh, I hate that he's good looking I hate that he's an amazing quarterback. I hate everything about him now like,
1: man, like, we're, we're already a Michigan uh, Michigan Michigan state crowd. Uh, so our like us flipping the bird will be like the equivalent of uh, of a 12 year old screaming at a bodybuilder like you suck and it's just gonna be like they're gonna look at us and laugh.
0: Yes, but it would make me feel better because I hate Clemson. The only time I have been in South Carolina personally was Florida State. In uh, Florida State played at Clemson in 2013, Uh, and that was the year we won the national championship. And at the end of the first quarter, the score was 29 to nothing, Florida State. Oh my god, the butt hurt on all those people's faces. Man, I had the biggest <laughs> shitting grin on my face. It's the only time I've ever been in the South Carolina, and till this day, I refuse to go back, because I know it can never get better than that day.
1: That is a good reason.
0: Yeah, so, I was like, I'm not going back. I mean, it only can get worse after that.
1: Oh yeah. But, other than that, uh, we have, of course, the 81st episode of All Things Elite this week. We got a lot to talk about, of course with this week's Dynamite being very special. But before we get into the episode, real quick, I want to make sure that you're downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. Shout out to our Spotify listeners. If you listen on any of those three services or a different one, be sure to share the podcast with your friends. We would really appreciate it. Please leave a rating and a review. If you're so inclined to, you can also leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. And we would be mega appreciative of that. Also support us if you want to do it easily. You can follow us on social media. We are at ATElitePod on Twitter. Follow our boys, Social Suplex, at Social Suplex. Myself, if you want to follow myself on Twitter, at SZoomer4. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. and that's all on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram at that same handle, too. So if you want to follow me on Insta, that's probably the best place because Twitter is just too toxic for me. But either way, big news of the week pretty self-explanatory is that it is the one-year anniversary of dynamite with this week's AEW dynamite that we will be going over we talked about our favorite moments of dynamite's first year and it's just like it flew by like it like i keep saying how quick this first year went by but just like going through all the memories that we've already had of dynamite and not just that but just AEW in general like i remember like it was yesterday when i was at uh the seer center for all in and like, that seems like it was just a couple days ago, but no, that was like three years ago. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like this is insane. And it was still one of the craziest experiences I've ever had going to all the AEW shows. Like I've been really lucky with the shows I've been able to attend. And it's just, it's, it just makes me excited for the future because I know it's been really difficult for all wrestling companies to just put out content and put together matches and, deal with, like, talent restrictions because of, like, people can't travel, people can't leave their country. Um, Especially with AEW, that's the reason why their women's division has been, like, relatively rough, because just a lot of their best talent um either left or cannot come to the tapings because they're stuck. So I'm hoping that, well, I'm more so excited about, like, the future for AEW now. Like, I've reveled in, like, what we've been through, but I'm really excited to see how they continue the forward of momentum that they have because this is where it'll be crunch time for the company to really just prove that they have staying power because first year is always exciting but this is where we really see the company just like go full throttle and making sure that like no we're sticking around
0: so do you play fire pro wrestling i do so there is a mode in fire pro wrestling uh fire promoter have you ever played that
1: I've not played the mode, but I know what mode you're talking about.
0: Yeah, so this is like watching AEW build is like a billionaire is just decided to do a real life version of Fire Promoter. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you, you build the company from scratch. You take other wrestlers from other, uh, companies, and you put them up together, and you basically better put them in the best position that they can to make money and stuff like that. Pretty much, this is like Tony Khan's own version of Fire Promoter, Fire Promoter, if I understand it. If I understand how the mode works correctly, I've watched a few minutes on YouTube here, and I've never played it myself, but... Uh, That's what we've gotten to see kind of break out in real life. And it's been amazing to me. It's been fun and the fandom and, you know, building the energy. And it's just like trying to watch it grow, you know, and that's the, you know, that if you ask me anything, that's the one thing I want to see over the second year. I want to see growth. I want to see. Yeah. Uh, Like, right now, hitting a million is a big deal on the show. I like to get to the point where that's not a big deal, where we hit a a million more times than we don't. Because I just think a lot of things with AEW... I know there's an audience out there, uh, but I don't know how big it is. But I think if the audience gets to, you know, experience AEW, they'll like it and they'll watch it every week. Uh, I don't know... I don't ever want anyone... If you know me personally, I never want anyone to leave WWE or quit watching WWE just because, you know, I don't want them to go out of business either. But it's just to support AEW and be the strength of their promotion. uh, I just think it's great. I like the people that run it. Uh, I don't pretend. I try to tell people I don't pretend that they're not a business. That's what people I think a lot of people get lost in is that the fact that they're a business and their goal is to make money. You know, it's not, you know. They want, to, they want to put on a wrestling product that is worth your money. That's the goal. That is worth your money. That means you have to put money into it. So when stuff gets put behind the paywall, stuff gets merged, gets put out every week, all that stuff, I don't see the point in complaining because they are a business. They are not a not-for-profit. They didn't say, Hey. This is all our money's donating somewhere else they're a business so i I when it comes to this business, I enjoy the way they do business right now. I enjoy what they push I enjoy who they push. I enjoy the week to week programming uh so and it's been a blessing to me in my life. It has reinvigorated a different part of my wrestling self that you know I didn't think I would ever get I had I didn't realize how much I miss pile drivers and how much I missed uh, people, you know, being able to freestyle and just having their own mic time and Canadian destroyers and all those things that I don't get other places. I had no idea I missed it, and you know, I've always said I felt like that there was a happy medium between New Japan and WWE because I do love no WWE the soap opera aspects, the production and all that stuff, and I love the in-ring work of New Japan. I love those two companies i feel like there's a happy medium i feel like aew is as close to that happy medium as you're gonna get
1: i agree i totally agree but now we have the the anniversary episode of dynamite that we're going to be looking over today we opened up with the aew world tag team title match between the champions ftr versus the challengers best friends Again, we say it all the time how important that first match is and how much AEW focuses on making that first match really kick off in a great way. This was a great example of it. Back and forth, best friends did a really good job in this match. I've always backed them as people that are not just, like, one of the lower tag teams in a stacked division. They are one of the better contenders in the division that they have, and they have shown how well that they are, and they're not just the pushing force of, Orange Cassidy and AEW, and they did really, really well. Like, there was just multiple, like, great DDTs that were hit in this match. I really enjoyed that. But while, of course, Best Friends put on a great performance, FTR returned, retained the titles once again through, through, uh, chicanery and through backhanded tactics. While the referee was distracted, Cash swung the title belt at Trent's head, and then that gave FTR the win. A great, heal way to keep the titles and to really show that they're smart, but they're skeevy and they are very much beatable teams. So I think that's the big thing. This was that when Jericho was the champion, first champion of AEW, he was great because he was charismatic and he was entertaining, but at the same time he was smarmy, but he was still beatable. It wasn't like say triple H in the sense where like when he was in like the mid two thousands and he was holding the WWE title pretty much hostage like, it felt like just no one could beat him because they would always just fall to the he- fall to the might of Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And it, that's not been the case with FTR and Chris Jericho. They are dominant, but at the same time, still beatable. So you're always entertaining. You're always entertained to see matchups that you're like, oh, he could totally beat him or he could totally beat him. And then they still find a smart way of winning the match. That makes sense for their character, and that's always been the thing that I think that has really helped make AEW's title reigns mean a lot, especially when they're held by heel champions. But I know Floyd will disagree with me on the uh, d- the uh, a- on the actions of FTR for the for their win.
0: Okay, so I would like to shout out my boy Austin because that was a great imp- impartial, analytical, using historic uh using historic references. Great uh great job talking about the FTR match and it was impart- yourself
1: on the back right now.
0: it was impartial and it was amazing. If you want that from me, you don't know me. <laughs> FTR once again going in proving their dominance. Uh executing tag team matches like no one else can, you know, they, you know, F, F, I mean, best friends hit their finisher on them. Nope, that wasn't enough. You know, best friends looked good. That's good. Best friends are a great team. You know what? To use a line I heard from a lady once best friends are B plus players. Ooh. But they were in the ring with some A plus elite athletes because this is AEW, it's all elite wrestling. So if you're you're at the top of the tag team division, you are the most elite. So they come in there and they put on their tag team clinic, execute an amazing finisher, amazing finisher. Looked like a forearm to the head. I don't know where the belt came from, but there was a forearm to the head, knocked him <laughs> right out, and FTR got the pin, and it was it was executed well. People people said chicanery, cheating happened. All I can say is me and the ref saw it clean. Me and the ref saw it as just a clean one, two, three in the middle of the ring. FTR retains best tag team in the world, never ending title reign of FTR forever the reign. And I would also like to point out that you said something I have to correct. Just one thing. You said the FTR is beatable. Hey, Austin. <laughs> What is their, what's FTR's record?
1: I know what you're saying, but at the same time... <laughs> because they, they
0: are undefeated. So therefore, they are what? Unbeatable.
1: <laughs> Thank you,
0: sir. They are unbeatable. They cannot be beat. You can grab your tag teams. You can grab your dream, dream tag teams. You, hey, you can do what you want to do. But they will all fall to the rival. FTR fall to the revival there you go
1: okay all right i mean i've <laughs> said my point blood has said his point <laughs> i i i just i just can't
0: win with this man just yeah can't I, you this can this win this <laughs> i thought i i gave you all the props
1: oh yeah and i appreciate
0: all the props before i just told you that you know that zero means they're unbeatable they are the perfect tag team
1: there you go i mean they are they are damn great after this match, we had Kip Sabian and Best Man Miro versus Sean Maluda and Lee Johnson. This was a very quick match. This match was did not showcase Kip Sabian, but at the same time, it was not made to showcase Kip Sabian. It was made to showcase the unstoppable Miro, who just came through. Because in the match prior, um, there uh, Miro and Kip Sabian had a little arcade cabinet that was set up outside in the audience area. And at one point, that got destroyed. And just through the action and the craziness of the first match, Miro and Kip Sabian, especially Miro, was not happy about that. Miro's a uh, Twitch streamer. You don't fuck around with a Twitch streamer and break a precious arcade cabinet like that. So Miro just completely just went wild, applied his game over finisher, and Maluda just tapped out and it just completely destroyed him. Now, however, Miro has a new has an enemy and it's best friends, or as he calls them, good friends. He said, Good friends, you break my shit. Game over. And yup. It's just I love the fact that this feud is started over an arcade cabinet. I love silliness like that because it's just it's just great. I mean we've established that Miro is a gamer. We've established that Miro like has played arcade cabinets and previous video packages, and then we've established the video, uh, the uh, arcade cabinet being out in the in the extras area, and then it just gets destroyed. And now Miro wants to kill best friends, so very excited to see that. I am, I know people are a little upset. Um, I saw a couple people that said that they were upset that really like this, like, while we want to see Miro really get pushed at the same time, like, they want to see Kip Sabian still have time to do stuff, and I think that'll come, but like, I mean considering how people were already like not happy with the way that Miro debuted, I think this is a better example of showcasing Miro, just showcasing him to be a monster, to be completely unstoppable, just like come in, wreck shit, and then just get ready for his next feud. I think that's just all this match needed to be. I mean, like it was a nice little cleanser in between the opening match into the next segment.
0: Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay, uh, my fucking liver... I had it big I had picked up, sorry for uh, cussing there. there was unnecessary, but all good, all good. but let's get to the point. This is where I can be impartial, partial analytical fluid because it doesn't affect my favorite people Thanks. uh I've heard some people complaining about uh, you know this feud starting over a busted video game system, just watch wrestling in the last five years uh yeah, stuff you know. People have started feuds over less than this, yeah, yeah, it was like uh yeah, way less than this, uh so yeah i i i, I didn't even dignify that with like a retweet or anything because it's There's just no it's it's just silly, the fact, yes, wrestling things happen, second of all, people are not necessarily happy with how being pushed, well. Unfortunately for AEW, they plan their storylines and things out in advance, right? Mm -hmm. So they've been planning their storylines out since the beginning of the year or whatever to have an ultimate conclusion. What wasn't in that plan was Miro getting released in the middle of it and then you having him available on the roster because, you know what, he still had time on his WWE contract. So, you get someone that you weren't expecting to have, right? Yeah. You can't just push them to the top of your card. You have other plans. So, you have to weigh a way to introduce them, keep them strong, until you're ready to use them. Hence, putting him with Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. Kip Sabian's a young guy, you know. When he was getting featured, people were bitching about that, saying he wasn't ready. So... Wait for Kip Sabian, Aaron, Miro, Kip Sabian, his natural charisma to get him TV time. Penelope Ford, her it factor to get them TV time. You team them up with Miro, and you try to get them the best storylines that you can. But you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants, because guess who you didn't plan on having? Miro. You didn't plan on having him. So to people that say, well, he's a mid-card Miro or whatever, wait a minute. I feel like over the last year, AEW, not a lot, but has learned earned a little wiggle room, has earned a little patience. They yeah. do excellent bills and existerial storylines. They've earned a little patience. So, yes, three weeks, a month in, he might not be where you want him to be. But to me, you shouldn't judge AEW until six months from now. Is he still in the same spot? Is he still in the mid car Is he still not forcing towards the top? If that's the case, then okay, there's a problem. But, wait. Just just chill out. I think yeah. well, also, I, they've bought themselves a little patience.
1: Well, also, you gotta look at it as well and see, like, for example, like, people, like, because I think it's just, it's not just like with AEW. It's, I mean, like, there's already gonna be people that, like, don't like AEW, just on principle, but like also wrestling fans I think we're all uh, guilty of it at one point or another. We're impatient motherfuckers. We want to see results immediately and if we don't see it then it's a failure and gotta can it get rid of it. It's awful. For example um, I was willing despite the start I was willing I know I keep bringing up WWE but I'm using it for example reasons um, I was willing to give Raw Underground a chance after its first week because I knew what it was very much trying to get accomplished, and I knew that like there were already things I didn't like, and they made changes after first week, which I appreciated, and I was willing to give it a shot um, with seeing where it goes, and like if new stars get made, if other guys get more time to shine on TV time that they wouldn't normally have, and I gave it time, and and then they cancelled it within eight weeks, so like, I get it, but like there's certain examples where like, you just have to see where the chips fall and see what decisions get made and how things progress. Sometimes they don't progress into anything like with raw underground. And sometimes they progress into something great. Like with Daniel Bryan becoming the world champion, that was years in the making. And it was such an amazing payoff for it to happen. And honestly, it's like, I know we all want to see Miro be like one of the guys that like AEW like hoists up as like this amazing talent. because we wanted him to be hoisted as an amazing talent when he was in wwe and i feel like we'll get to that point but at the same time though it has to make sense and that's the main thing because the one thing that wrestling fans complain about is shit not making sense when wrestlers get pushed to the moon and back so uh, just give it time it's still very early in his career in aew and i think it's going to be a good wait for when he gets going. Cause I mean, like it's like when you get Miro falling into your lap, you just got to make sure that it makes sense when he gets to the point that you want him to
0: be to. Yeah. The crazy thing is, is if they would have pushed him, let's say he comes in after this match. Let's say he didn't come in when he came in. He waits until after the Mox match against Lane Archer. music hits for the one year anniversary. He comes out. Miro comes out and destroys Mox and puts him in the, uh, I forgot what it's called, the game over, Acolyer, game Over, yep. Yeah, whatever he puts them in. Yeah, you know, Mox is uh, tapping or whatever. And then they set up Mox versus Miro and November seventh. All you would hear about. Why do they just push WWE guys? Why did they why did they push him ahead of this person? Why did they do this? They start him off with a small a small um you know, rivalry with the best friends. Kind of like everybody started rivalry and people still bitching about it. So I'm just like, you know what? Miro's going to be what Miro is. But I'm not going to say he's a success or failure based on what he's done in, in a month.
1: Well, not to mention, if he came in and he got pushed over somebody that's already been established in AEW, people would be having a fit. Because like, say, like Orange Cassidy was getting his shot against, uh... The the AEW champion and then all of a sudden Miro falls in your lap and then for no reason he challenges Orange Cassidy for his championship opportunity and Orange Cassidy for no reason says sure and then loses to Miro and then Miro's incident in that title match. You would be upset about that because people are already mega behind Orange Cassidy. So like you don't want to bring in a new guy and have it hurt the talent that you already have and that you're already in the middle of pushing like you've already got guys that you've already got stories planned for and you don't want Miro to interfere with those or any new talent that you bring into the roster. You want to make sure that everybody has their time to get built up when a story has has is been planned out and all that. So just again, it'll be I get it. it. It's it's a lot. I we're we're all impatient. I'm 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 guilty of it all the time. Just chill. We'll see what comes about it and we'll and like if if we're months down the line and he's still doing the same dumb shit, then, yeah, we'll complain about it.
0: Yeah, you'll but. hear me complain because, you know what? I'm impartial when it comes to M- Miro. So I, I won't sit up there and be like, okay, this is what they planned on doing with him. But I think he'll be in the title pitcher quicker or sooner rather than later. For sure. Yeah.
1: Now, after this, uh, uh, John Moxley got attacked by Lance Archer Backstage to lead up to their title match that was happening later in the night in the main event, Lance Archer just jumped him, and then the AEW officials had to get him away. That was a real quick segment, and then we had MJF's big announcement that he made. First of all, MJF finally gave uh, Sammy Guevara his inner circle jacket that he didn't get weeks ago, and uh, this is many sizes too big. And as a, as a as a, as a lover of Sammy Guevara, I felt offended on his behalf. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, how are you massacring my boy like this? And afterwards, uh, MJF talks about Chris Jericho, talks about how they've never gotten physical in an AEW ring because you never see two piranhas eating each other. And the reason why is because of mutual respect. There are two predators swing, swimming around prey. So now MJF is offering, if they work together... And then he said, I might, I maybe might possibly hypothetically want to join the inner circle. And then uh, they do that whole spot again. Ortiz snaps and says they don't want him in the inner circle. And then Jericho says, we won't make the decision now. How about next week you and I meet up for a one-on-one steak dinner to decide this? And MJF agrees. So next week we will be getting a dinner dinner overstake between MJF and Chris Jericho. I really don't know how this will go. I'm sure it'll be pretty entertaining and mostly hilarious because these two are just ridiculous. But I do like how um, like, they're showing how Rest of Inner Circle seems like they ain't for this, but Jericho is like, hang on a minute because... It's just—it's been really entertaining to see them go back and forth. They're—they have great chemistry
0: working against each other on the mic. So this will be interesting to see where it goes. It seems like this—it just maybe it's just my gut feeling. It feels like this might have been for later, but their chemistry and their numbers hit so hard as far as ratings. They're like, well, let's just go with it now. Uh, I don't know where it's going, but I love when MJF and Chris Jericho are both on the mic. It's my oh, favorite yeah. thing. It's, like, one of my favorite things on the show, you know, other than FTR Wrestling.
1: Yes. We then had uh, Tony Schiavone and Dr. Britt Baker at a spa. Didn't really need to see that, but okay. I mean, it was funny, I guess. Uh, And it was nice to see Dr. Britt Baker get a little spot on TV. She didn't have a match today. Um, They also, I believe it was a shoot, they just uh, randomly decided, we're going to wax Tony Schiavone's chest, which... How dare you? But, uh, yeah, that was an interesting segment. Kind of came out of left field. Um, don't know really what else to add to it, honestly.
0: We got our forty-year-old virgin moment there.
1: We did. <laughs> that is exactly what that was. Yeah, yes. honestly, I, I can't describe it any better than that.
0: But... Yeah. So it was just it was it was hilarious. Uh, I know some people like didn't like it. I don't know. I I try you know like I said for the most part being partial, I have loved everything Britt Baker and Tony Schiavone do on the camera together I you know uh, it's funny I heard an interview where Britt Baker said she's basically Chris Jericho in WCW and I was like wow that's perfect because Tony Schiavone is her you know I mean, uh, actually Reba is her Ralphus yeah. You know, and you know, just kind of there, and then Tony Schiavone is just this guy that she kinda likes and that she picks on, and it's hilarious. And I just, I love the dynamic of the three people.
1: I as well, yeah. They've they've done really well together. But after this was the AEW TNT Championship match between Cody, who just won the title back against Mister Brody Lee last week, versus Orange Cassidy. This is a really, really good match. Um, Cody came back out with his bleached blonde hair again. He channeled his inner dark demon or whatever to change his hair black, yada, yada, yada.
0: Um, but now know, he's blonde again. Gotta tell you, laugh at me. This is a chance to laugh at Floyd. It was a full 10 minutes and a someone tweeting before I noticed that his hair wasn't black anymore. <laughs> I mean, I know people noticed it as soon as they walked in. I was just like, I was just watching him wrestle and he was doing his thing. And so I was like, I can't believe he dyed his hair blonde. I look at, oh, his hair is blonde. Really? Yeah didn't even know. Floyd is
1: just too he's Floyd is just too <laughs> enthralled with seeing Cody in the ring in general that he doesn't notice the minute changes in his in his hair. I bet it took him a i bet it took him up a couple weeks to notice the neck tattoo.
0: Dude, let me tell you. The neck <laughs> tattoo I noticed because I went to a signing with him and he had a big towel yeah, around to him. Start. Yeah, it was like that was just it's like dude's not hiding from anybody, which is awesome. But uh yes, this was just like I'm used to Blonde Cody, right? I'm so used to Blonde Cody. Cody has been Blonde for a year or two. He went dark for, like, what, a couple of weeks? So when he came back and he was back to Blonde, it just looked like it was supposed to look. You know what I mean? He looked like yeah. him. He didn't look any different to me. I know the hair was shorter, but he really didn't look any different. I don't know the difference. I don't understand, you know, the change in hair color, whatever. I don't know what way he was going or whatever he was going to do for it. I've never really concerned myself with certain cosmetic appearances of wrestlers. If he wants to be blonde, cool, wants to be dark haired, I'm used to both of them. Uh, yeah, uh, but it was, it was strange. It was a strange moment because it was that Floyd, you're watching, but are you watching moment? Cause I, yeah. I didn't even notice.
1: <laughs> yeah, but honestly though, like really great tnt championship match and honestly like orange cassidy this was his best performance he's he continuously in these big match moments showcases how he's not just a comedy wrestler and showcases how like him and best friends do a great job of showcasing just how good they actually are instead of just their jokey stuff that they do all the time which that can be defining to them many times like, like, this reminded me a lot. I mean, like, obviously the finish made it remind me a lot of the Cody Darby match from Fighter Fest, mainly because of the finish, obviously. But at the same time, though, like, like this, this, the shine that Cody is showcased on a lot of the younger talent that they have on the roster is so great. Like, Cody and Jericho do amazing jobs of bringing people up on the roster you wouldn't give a uh, second notice to like orange Cassidy is a different story because he's already been like a meme and like viral on, on social media before he signed with AEW. That's besides the point. But like guys like Darby Allen and like guys like, Mar- like any of the members of par- private party when they wrestle Jericho, like both of them do great against Jericho. Like the way that they've elevated the roster in these big matches is great. Orange Cassidy had multiple great moments. The his finisher on the apron, the beach break, and then like by the time he was just quickly trying to get the win against Cody, got him with the roll up, and then right as he did, he actually no, he hit the he hit the beach break, got the pin, rolled him up, and then right before the three count, it was a great timed moment. That's when the bell rang and it was a time limit draw. And I love how, first of all, AEW is still making sure that you remember that their time limits still matter. Like, they don't do it often because, like, you do too many time limit draws and people get upset, I'm sure. But, like, they still matter and they still are enforced. And just they went back and forth in this match. Orange Cassidy looked like a million bucks. Cody still looks great. And him as the TNT champion is still great. But at the same time, at the same time, though, like... We said before this episode that the only reason as to why you give Cody the title back and then have him defend it immediately a week later is if he lost it, he didn't. So you have that issue that we brought up and like the match was still amazing and kind of made me forget about that point we made for a little bit. But at the same time, you're like, oh, hang on a minute. That's still a kind of an issue that we already addressed. And now like it's kind of like poof.
0: It's gone. So, So. if it's it's based on how you think about it, Uh, I'm I'm not just I am only justifying that I feel like they delayed it because the tie basically turns it into two matches. The draw turns it into two matches. So, Orange Cassidy didn't lose, and I think that was the most important thing is that Orange Cassidy shouldn't lose two TNT title matches like within three weeks of each other. So I think what's important is after this match, they did announce that that they're going to do this match again on the 28th. I think it's important that uh, I thought it was important that Cody lost, but now that they have put Darby as the person, the next contender for the TNT title at full gear, I'm actually would be okay if Cody won at this point because him and Darby have this long story.
1: Yeah,
0: and Darby can't beat Cody. So if if Cody goes ahead and beats OC in two weeks after he got time to get healthy, I fully would expect Cody to then lose to Darby at the at uh full gear. If they don't do that, then I'm very confused as to what that's going for because your goal is to make new stars. Cody has beaten, I think they've wrestled four times, and it's been three wins and a tie at this point. So I think the only place for this story to go is Cody losing. Otherwise, or Darby turning heel. I mean, I think that's the only kind of ways it can go, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a third way that I don't see. So um, that that being said, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the match. I did not. I want to be clear. I didn't enjoy it on first viewing. First viewing, when I watched it, I think I was a little distracted. Uh, They did start off a little clunky at the beginning of the match. They were telling the story that Cody had just fought a dog collar match the week before. I thought that was important to the storyline. And the fact that, in all essence, Cody got beat. He had a visual three count. Because they counted one, two, three. And the bell rang when they were counting the three, but he was down for the three. There was a visual three count. Orange Cassidy can beat Cody. So that adds to the buildup for two weeks from now on the 28th. And we'll see where they go from there. Again, I am going to practice what I preach by saying AEW has uh, has uh, earned some wiggle room as far as the stories and letting stuff play out. So I will let this play out before I judge it. I am a I I try to be like in my personal life I am not impartial when it comes to Cody at all. On this show because I am so partial to the FTR, I try to play in the middle with Cody. Which is very hard for me cuz you know, he's a god. But in this case, it's like if you're looking at the story and what's best for AEW going forward, I think it's best for the TNT title to be in the hands of the, some of the younger people on the roster.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's that that makes all the sense in the world. We've already seen what happens with um we already seen what happens with Cody as the TNT champion. We've seen it before. I think it's perfectly fine to say that like we have we now have the ability to see a new champion and a younger champion at that. I think it will be I think we'll we'll most likely hopefully See that grow and see that change. So, hopefully, we'll see what comes out of that. After this match, we had. Oh, hang on.
0: Breaking news?
1: Oh, sorry. Just my mom yelled at me. Uh, no, it was like, uh, Breaking news! Breaking news. I have clothes I need to bring into my room. Second of all, after this match, we had a backstage moment again. Lance Archer was getting interviewed by Alex Marvez, and then. John Moxley got payback, jumped him. Another brawl broke out. They had to be separated once again by officials. Again, continuing to the main event. John Moxley got back at him, so there's already blood blow- bo- uh, boiling over into this match. That would be no disqualifications. And then we had Matt Hardy being interviewed by Tony Schiavone. He has informed us that he is medically cleared to wrestle yet again. And then we had a video that played on the Titan And Sammy Guevara appeared, and he revealed that he was the one who attacked Matt Hardy backstage when Private Party was checking on him, and then uh, Jericho and Jake Kager were laughing at him. It was Sammy Guevara who did that, and so the feud between Sammy and Matt Hardy will be continuing. So I'm glad it gives Sammy something to do, even though he's already got slightly something going on with the Inner Circle and MJF segments. But at the same time, I'm glad it gives uh, Sammy something to do. I think this will be kind of like their final, final blow off uh, after what happened in the uh, in the False Count Anywhere match. But yeah, honestly, like I, it wasn't a major shocker, and it was like okay, so it was Sammy. So all right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I thought it was pretty dope though with the whole pictures and setting him on fire and he's trying to get rid of him forever and then he said he was going to delete him. I thought that all that all of that added to it. He's obsessed with Matt Hardy. It's taken it to a different level and I love it. Matt Hardy tip my hat to him cuz he doesn't feel like his goal in their feud was to make Sammy and he didn't feel like he made Sammy. So he's like, let's go back to it. Let's finish, do another match, and do it the way we were supposed to do it, and really make Sammy.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a really, really good decision on his part. Hopefully we don't have another scary moment like we had last time, so hopefully that's fixed. Um, yeah, and he then... just has
0: to realize Sammy Guevara is 20 years younger than him. Yes, and that they is need, very much. They need to meet in the middle on some of these spots. Yes, <laughs> it's like, hey, I understand, Matt. You want to go hardcore, blah blah blah. You're Matt Hardy, Team Extreme, but you got a wife, kids. You're in your 40s. You've made your money. Let's let's right, tone chill. it down a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Then we had inside the ring. We had Tony Schiavone saying next week four tag teams will be competing. And the winning team will become the number one contenders for the FTRs FTRs uh, tag team titles, and they'll face them at Full Gear. Now, did they announce real quick? I want to confirm. Did they announce this as like a like an eight like a eight-man tag match like where it would be each of the teams like in a in like okay. a multi-man tag match or was it just like they're going to be wrestling each
0: other at some point four-way match it's a four-way match. it is a four-way that's that's yeah, what i yes. want to make sure i love um, that they don't use the idea of fatal four-way they just say four-way because fatal yeah. four-way belongs to wwe and I, I i just like to point out that all four of the teams that they picked have lost the FTR. boom Yes.
1: Okay. Well, the four teams that were picked, and they were picked randomly through their little, like, bingo ball machine or whatever, their little roller. The first team was Private Party. The second team was Silver and Reynolds of the Dark Order. Third team was Butcher and the Blade. And the fourth team was the Young Bucks.
0: Yes. So, FTR's already 1-0 against the Young Bucks. Uh, So, uh, hopefully, this, you know, the Young Bucks... Wormed her way into another uh, title shot opportunity. Wormed her way in just to get uh, just to get disappointed again. Uh, mm-hmm. For all you young buck fans out there, I feel bad for you because you know, you know, it was just like you know when you have a player that's great, you know, and then another greater player comes in, and you happen to be the uh fan of, like, the Young Bucks and now a team that has come in and surpassed them in every way, uh, FTR, I feel bad for you. I do. Bottom of my heart, I'm a sports fan, and this happened to me a couple times. All I can just say is acceptance is the key to disappointment.
1: All right. Uh Young Bucks then <laughs> <sense>, uh... – <laughs> They then say they're not going to superkick uh, Tony Schiavone, and then they just started superkicking everybody in the ring. Um, just kind of just everything brawled out. I think this for, or this uh, multi-man tag match will be insane and will most likely lead to the Young Bucks facing FTR at full gear, which, yes, please.
0: Yes. Uh, right now, I am tentative on whether I'm going to be in Jacksonville on November 7th. Uh, I will not be tentative anymore once this match is uh confirmed. This because, will be the selling point uh because this is the tag team match I've been looking forward to about four or five years uh much as much as I play this up, young bucks are probably one of my favorite tag teams to watch. So them being in the ring with my other favorite tag team to watch. Like, if you talk about my top four tag teams in the world, it is simple. It is uh, Proud and Powerful. It is the Lucha Bros. It is FTR. And it is the Young Bucks. Those are the four. They all happen to be in AEW. So the fact that I will get to see two of my favorite tag teams in the world do this thing in wrestling. It's going to be great. And and it's going to be in November, so maybe it'll be a better day temperature-wise. So So they don't pass out uh, when trying to wrestle each other. I am looking forward to this in every single way possible. Uh, Yeah, Young Bucks, what they have done for the tag team division and taking this lesser role and pushing every other tag team in the division over them, Man, it, it, anyone that said it was just this show was going to be an elite vanity project—you just you swung and missed. You're just wrong. Yes. Because they have Kenny has basically been a non other than his first two matches really a non factor in the singles division. Young Bucks have been a non factor in the tag team division. Cody can't go for the world title anymore. He's on the TNT level. It's just like Hangman hasn't got that, you know, singles push that everybody thought was coming. This has been a company working together to make everyone look good. So I I say this because we're one year in, and I can just say, I can say all you people with your bad opinions and your bad faith takes, as my boy Rich says, shove them up your ass. Thank you. (laughs)
1: well after this match we had uh well after not this match this segment we had the AEW women's title match between big swole and hikaru shida now this was the first time in a while that i was really looking forward to the women's title match because like i said women's division has been a rough spot for AEW. they just haven't had a lot of names that they've been able to showcase and then of course with covid they've had a lot of names that have that, have, that haven't been able to show up because of covid they've also of course lost riho and they've lost b Priestley. so now they're some of their bigger uh, stars that they already had in the division is no longer there so they're having to build a lot more uh a lot more homegrown and a lot more um, not homegrown but more so like like, slow burn, like, really try to get these guys, these girls over. Um, Big Swole has been one of the ones that have been, like, out of the park. They've nailed it, I think. She's done great. So this was the first time in a really long time in AEW that I was looking forward to the women's title match being defended. I love Sheeta, and I think she's great. And this was the first, like, real test, I think, for her that she's had. And with Big Swole, match started off really, really well, and I think there was a couple mistakes that happened. I know a kip-up was screwed up. And there was a point where Swole's shoulders were not on the mat and the referee was trying to count a pin. And I was kind of like, eh. And people could say uh, the ending was a little bit abrupt. I didn't really see that. Um, But at the same time, though, um, this was the right decision because it made Hikaru Shida's title reign a lot more legitimate. I love Big Swole and I know she'll get another shot and she'll most likely be a future champion in AEW. She's great. Um, probably the, one of the weaker parts on the show, besides like the quick Miro squash, um, one of the weaker parts in the show, just because like, there's still way more room that needs to be grown and that needs to be made in the women's division. Like I know a lot of people, I, and I give them crap for it too. One women's match a show. It's just, it's like, that's not the normal anymore. Like we're used to having multiple women's matches and multi- multiple women's feuds going on in Your company and not just like that's just what we're used to at this point and I think like having like AEW just needs way more time to build their their women's roster and also just find more talent I think that they may need because just there's just way Way more empty space where they need to grow and it's just been the case for a while
0: now Okay, um I can be honest and still be positive by saying the women the people that are fans and want more time for women needed this match to be better It's just that simple it it was a match Um, Swole has a lot of charisma She has a lot of personality and she's one of my favorites I actually have a shirt of Big because I support her so much and I don't know who caused the problems in this match but there were problems. It was not what it needed to be, just to say to say it the least. Uh, Big Swole putting on a great match with Sheeta would establish her as another contender, another top-tier contender in the division, which I think they need. Uh, and it, we didn't get that. So, um, it sucks. Uh, Sheeta wins. I think it does her point. But it looked like they didn't have, they had like zero chemistry, but I imagine in the years of wrestling, this happens, you know, stuff like this happens. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold it under a microscope and like, it's the worst thing that ever happened in the world, but it is kind of a step back. If you're trying to go forward, uh, Bert Baker, I, I wanted to bring this up. Bert Baker said in an interview last week that, or this week that, um, You you want uh, women to get pushed? You want more women's matches? Watch the current matches. Don't turn the channel. Stop turning the channel. Because apparently that's a problem. Because she wouldn't have said it if it wasn't. Don't turn the channel. You want women's wrestling? Put eyes on it. I don't think you... I don't think it should be any young businesses... You know, when it comes to it... Just to put women's wrestling on and say F the consequences. You know, they have ratings, they have people that they answer to. This is not my money. I'm not saying this. If it was me, yeah, I would try to do it more even. But if TNT, your overlords, are saying, okay, obviously people turn the channel when this is going on, so we want less of this, you have people to answer to. So, I will say it as I've said it before. If it's that important, Make sure you're watching it and supporting it. There you Th- go. That's how I feel. I love, I love Sheeta. Love Big Swole. I think they're both amazing. Everyone has a bad match, honestly. If you 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 slice off the first three to four minutes of the Cody match, I thought that was going to be a bad match with OC because they came out and OC was doing a lot of his moving around, you know, manipulating the body, and it felt like Cody wasn't, you know, on the same speed as him. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't have their chain wrestling down together, and it looked kind of sloppy the first few minutes. I get it. It's And then it recovered to a match that most people liked. This match had a few sloppy moments, then it didn't recover. So they will learn from this. They will watch the tape. Dustin, Cody, Kenny, all of them get together, and it'll be better next time.
1: Yeah. After this, there was one little quick video package with Sean Spears continuing like what he's going through with Scorpio Sky and what happened on AEW Late Night Dynamite. And they also announced a AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament that will be taking place and beginning next week where the finals will take place at full gear. And the matches that have been announced for that tournament include Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela. So we get a rematch of that match. Cole Cabana versus Hangman Adam Page, which I'm very excited for as well. Wardlow versus Jungle Boy, nice David and Goliath story right there. And then the battle of the Lucha Bros, Penta L Zero M versus Ray Phoenix. So Is very there, excited.
0: I gotta ask you a question, sir. First yes. straight to you. Is there any way this doesn't end in Kenny and Kenny and uh versus uh hangman?
1: It doesn't, no. It's 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 going to be Kenny Hangman, I think. Yeah, because I was like,
0: man, let's do our guest racket. I was like, it's going to, I mean, literally, it's going to come down to who we think is going to win out of Pena and Ray.
1: The only one we might <laughs> disagree on is who will win against uh, the Battle of the Lucha Bros. Yeah. That's
0: about it. Yeah, the Lucha Bros and Jungle Boy and Warlow, they might want to, you know, you know, New Japan style, they might want to do an upset and have Jungle Boy beat Warlow or, like, get a roll-up or something like that. Sure. But... Yeah, it's just like I love it, but eh. and I do have one very important question that I asked from my own personal Twitter. How the hell is Scorpio Sky not in this tournament? I agree, I agree. After the year that he's had, how's he not in this tournament? Even if he wasn't gonna win, how's he not in this tournament?
1: Yeah, I mean he could have easily have replaced Colt Cabana. I love Colt, but like and I love that he's getting this spot too. But at the same time though, it's like
0: could you have eh? bet- Him replacing one of the Lucha Bros and we get Scorpio Sky versus Kenny Omega in a match? Come
1: on. No, you mean like replacing uh, Joey Janela? Uh,
0: No, I was saying because the Lucha Bros are on the left side with Kenny and Joey Janela. I just like Joey Janela has no chance. So I was like, Kenny Omega is in that next spot. And then you would have the Lucha Bros wrestling each other. And one of them are going to wrestle Kenny Omega in the second round. I'm just saying, what if Sky was like... In Ray Phoenix's spot, beats Pena, and we got Kenny Omega versus Scorpio Scott. Sure, yeah. That would have been dope. But hey, I'm not going to complain because we're going to either get Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix, which is like, I think uh, on Melted Ratings, the, those two matches, I think the second, the lowest one got a four star. Or you're going to get Kenny Omega versus Pena, and everybody at All In knows how amazing that match was. Oh, yeah. So, it's just like, there's no wrong answer. I think the tournament is stacked, but it's just like, for the people, there there, there is a very vocal group that says you're not pushing African American males in the singles match. You have a big tournament for the title, and you have no African American males in it.
1: It's a good point, honestly. Yeah, and I'm like, just... considering how good Scorpio's <laughs> been, like it, it makes all the sense in the world that he bees in this. Yeah, this tournament. The, the
0: record, whatever. I'm just like, I'm just saying sometimes things that they do seem to, you know, microscope on it. I'm not trying to do it as a podcaster because I think it's an amazing tournament, but I'm just like, I really love Scorpio's year. He should be at least in this tournament. Sure.
1: But. After this was the main event, which Tony Khan then turned into a no-DQ match over what was happening earlier in the night. The AEW World Championship match between Jon Moxley and the Murderhawk monster Lance Archer. Straight up, right out the gate, a paradigm shift was hit on Archer for a near fall. And then quickly hit a tope suicida, started brawling on the outside, and just, just completely just went off the rails like just beating the hell out of each other. I know at one point Moxley got hit right in the head with a trash can. They both went through two tables at one point. They just started going after each other. And it was it was a pretty physical match and a great great uh, main event and eventually John Moxley hit the uh, another paradigm shift which Archer kicked out of DDT to Moxley and then blackout on Moxley which then uh, uh, Moxley countered, rolled him up, got the victory and then right after that because Eddie Kingston was on commentary for this match Lucha Bros gets sent down with steel chairs and then John Moxley gets jumped. I, there was one point that's been gifted gift that I love where um, there's Penta who's ready to hit somebody with a chair and then just as he realizes, oh I can't hit anybody with this chair because no one's come in or no one's getting up he just stands up kind of straight And he's just very upset and then just throws the chair to the ground, like, God damn it. And that was hysterical. And Eddie Kingston um, again reminds he never tapped out in that match and then just like picks him up. He's like, You're great, man. You're great. And he's just like brings him up, raises his fist, spinning back fist, knocks him out, and then chokes him out. And then as the title, as the show goes off the air, he screams, uh, while holding the title and throws it at him. This is what it's about. It'll be mine. I never tapped, and then that's when they go off the air. It was a really great, just like, like chaos moment. Right as the show goes off the air, you got to tune into next week to see what happens. It was a great way to end it. it reminded me of old school, like attitude era, old school good uh, Nitro episodes where just like everything's going crazy. You got to see what happens next week, and it made sense too. So. Great way to finish off the anniversary episode, which overall I thought was really well done. Again, I felt like the right person won for each match uh, for the titles, except for maybe Cody. But again, the way that they finished it makes it seem like they will be fighting again for the title. And the finish made sense, and it was great, and the match was great. And yeah, like I said, we've had nitpicks, obviously, of course, with the tournament, with with the women's wrestling in AEW. And like, of course, like what we mentioned about the tournament with African-American wrestlers and Scorpio Sky and how they need to be represented represented more. We've had our nitpicks and we've had our points that we've made overall still a great episode for the anniversary episode.
0: Yeah, you know, and I and I purposely and I, I'm very clear on this. I purposely try to find things wrong. And then what I generally do is just look at Twitter and see what other people are complaining about. Because I generally like every AEW show. And if you ask me, hey, what did you think of the show? Oh, it was good. It was a good show. And then I'll move on with my day. But as a person that covers the show, you pretty much need better takes than that. <laughs> so like, so I love, I, I love this week. I love this show. Uh, you know, there are spots that can be better. But honestly, I have yet to see the perfect wrestling show. Closest thing to me was All In. And, you know, you could even say the Matt Cross versus MJF match to start the show wasn't that great. You know, so there's no perfect show. That's what I'm getting to. That's what I'm getting to. There's no perfect show. Everybody can have a nitpick to everything. I thought this was a really good show. I thought it set up what was going on in the future. Uh, Big point of contention that might not even be anything. If Eddie Kingston and Mox are going to main event full gear, right, if it's going to be them two, right, and that's the main, I mean, they are the world title match, then FTR and the Young Bucks should main event full gear. That's how I feel. All right. I I I mean, I think that's all we have. Did you, what did, did I cut out at any point there? Cause I heard the, the I think locals. I did
1: I didn't hear, I, I yeah, I was going to say I didn't hear you, but I think they hurt you.
0: Okay. Yeah. So what I said is if Eddie Kingston gets the rematch against Moxley at full gear, then FTR versus young bucks should main event at full gear. Yes. It's just, yes, I agree. I, I love Eddie. I am a big fan. I was signed Eddie all the way. And I thought his role was going to kind of be more of a manager But as a main event of a major pay-per-view, I don't think he draws. But there is another thing you could do if what happened last week adds the problem and you do maybe like a triple threat or fatal four-way where it's like Brian Cage, Eddie Kingston, Archer, and Moxley in a match. That could main event the show.
1: Yeah, either of those is fine.
0: Yeah, but I just think FTR and the Bucks you push your tag team division, you say it means as much as your singles title, it would clearly be the bigger match. If, if, if you're putting it up against Mox and Kingston, I'm only saying it with those two. If you're putting it up, I'm making my own problem. <laughs> if you yeah, put it yeah. up against those two, I Young Bucks and FTR have to finish the match. I mean, finish the show. But, but, again... We haven't decided on what it is. No one's announced it's going to be Kingston versus Mox. We got three weeks before the show. It could be anybody. So yeah, I'm going to save their criticism for another (laughs) time.
1: Yeah, and that'll do it for the anniversary episode of Dynamite, which we've gone over in this episode of All Things Elite. Now, real quickly, before we wrap up the show, let's take a look at next week's show. Take a look at the matches down the card see what's been announced and what we're looking forward to. We have the matches that have been announced for the the whole tournament for the AEW World title. All four of the first round matchups will be taking place to m- next week. So Penta versus Ray Phoenix, Cabana versus Hangman, Omega versus Joey Janela, and Warlow versus Jungle Boy. And then also we'll have that steak dinner encounter with MJF and Chris Jericho that will be taking place a lot of things to look forward to. I think just the matchups in general are really interesting of what they put together. And I, it's, it's just, I love how AEW has consistently been getting like challengers for championships over through tournaments. It's always, I love when they do that and it makes total sense as to why they do that. It just works. It just works. And the matches that you can create in those tournaments are always entertaining. And there's always something on the line for being in the match and it's just, yeah, I mean, overall, just really looking forward to next week's Dynamite just for those matchups
0: and you, just to see where it goes over. Do you got Penta or Ray? I have Ray. Okay, I'm going with Penta just so we can be on the opposite sides. And I'm thinking Wardlow destroys Jungle Boy.
1: Yeah, I love Jungle Boy, but I'm thinking that Wardlow going to get a really good showing. And then it's going to be Hangman versus Wardlow, which I think will be a huge match for Hangman to just like have a real battle.
0: Yes, that's going to be awesome. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to next show, next week's show. It looks like we'll probably get those four matches, maybe. I think they've been doing the FTR challenge thing, but with those four matches, why squeeze another tag match in there? But maybe they do that. Uh, maybe a women's match. I don't know. Uh, but I'm looking forward to the Jericho versus MJF thing. I think that's going to be dope. Uh, but, yeah, these these four singles matches, I think they're going to be bangers. I think they're going to... Uh, I think Pender and Ray starts the show. If I, if I, I had, agree. I, if I had to guess, I think that's the opener, uh, Pinder versus Ray. Yeah, but overall, I think that'll just wrap it up for this episode
1: of All Things Elite. We want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you're downloading the show on Google or Apple Podcasts and subscribing to us. Shout out to Spotify listeners again. Be sure to share the podcast with your friends who love AEW, or even if they don't like AEW, at least you'll get a pretty non-biased opinion on the product. And also, if you want, you can leave a rating and a review or leave a donation through Red Circle. We'd appreciate that as well. On Twitter, we are at Pod, at SocialSuplex, at, Social at SZoomer4 is myself, at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter for all of us. And this might be the last time you hear me for a couple weeks. If I'm not on next week's show because I'm in Myrtle Beach, I will be letting Floyd know. And then maybe he'll tweet it out through the Twitter account if I'm not on the show. If not... I'm sure he'll find an amazing replacement for me. Hopefully not too amazing that he fully replaces me. But that's besides the point, because now it's just time for Floyd to take us home for tonight's episode. Go ahead.
0: Yes. Um, this week, we've had some this, a very important days. Um, a very important days. I just want to just... Uh, we had to wish happy birthday to the best spout machine, Kenny Omega. I had to shout him out. Uh, yeah, and it's just been... You know, it's just been very positive vibes. But what I want to do, I want to say this. I follow Twitter a lot. And I'm going to tell you on your Twitter, your likes, your retweets, your comments are the energy you're putting out in the air. So I am going to challenge or tell people to put out positive energy, put out happy energy out there. And when you get into those people that are trying to draw you into arguments, just kind of ignore them and go about your business block them or just you know ignore them give them no space in your life keep your energy positive keep your mentally positive and try to be positive to everybody out there so i will leave you as i leave you every week whether it's home work or school always do your best to be a leader.